Before we jump into this episode, let's hear from our friend Nolan and every podcast I love is dead. Do you love music? Music news and guest interviews with artists from all around the world across many different genres? My name's Nolan and I love music. In fact, I love music so much I created a podcast entirely dedicated to it called Every Podcast I Love is Dead. Every week is a brand new episode where I interview musicians, artists, podcasters, radio hosts, and so much more. New episodes are available every Thursday on all your favorite podcast streaming platforms, and you can check us out on social media and at everypodcastiloveisdead.com. Hope you can join me. Matthew Thomas. This is Super Cool Radio. Got a great guest with me at this time. Hailing from Queens, New York, toured with Nina Strauss in 2019 and released a new single on December 6th with a music video on December 10th for a new single entitled Vengeance is Not Enough. Please welcome the bastard child of New York City, Cor Razek. What it is. <laughs> All right, now I gotta catch my breath there for that long. That was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> I usually try to give enough information where people, uh, if anyone's not promoted, they uh, they seem uh, they gain some interest, and if they already know you, they know everything about you, and that was a waste of time for them. But that's okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with me here on Super Cool Radio. Uh, so obviously, some big stuff going on for you. Not only did I mention new single "Vengeance Not Enough" drop it very soon, but coming up this Friday, you got a really cool headlining show coming up. Uh, in Baltimore at Zen West, really cool uh, Mexican restaurant concert venue. That's right. Uh, so anyone interested, uh, what can they expect from a Korazic show? Well, any Korazic show is going to be intense, high energy, and you never really know what I'm going to say. Um, I'm usually very uh, funny and at times politically uh, incorrect. Um, but I, but I think the fans are okay with that. I haven't been canceled yet. So, so far, so good. Fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, we do, you know, we do a lot of, um, a lot of theatrics, you know, I'm very much influenced by Alice Cooper. Um, so there's always, uh, the occasional prop and jacket change and things like that. We do a lot of lights and smoke. We really put on a fun show and, uh, I think we're always the pleasant surprise when we're doing supporting, uh, you know, slots. Uh, people who have never seen us that come to see the big bands are like, whoa, this band was great. I couldn't believe it. So that's what you can expect for a Korazic show. But this show is really, really special uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, it's one of our few headlining shows this year. So it's a full headlining set. So for all our fans far and wide, come down and get to see a full set of us. Um, but what's really cool about it is that, um, we haven't been to Baltimore since February of 2020. That was our one and only show for 2020. I think it was like February 1st uh, and we played Fishhead Cantina and we have a lot of really, really cool, loyal uh, fans down there. 
uh, especially from touring with Nita Strauss um, in 19. And I remember the show was really great. Everybody, the energy was high. Everyone was like, awesome. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a great year, you know. <laughs> we all know what happened then after what that. Were you, <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so it's special in that. But what's really special about it is I said, we got to go all out. We- um, so I said, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to play our debut record vengeance overdrive in its entirety from start to finish. So like running order, like if you were listening to the record with all the, uh, little like intro skits, you know, cause there's a lot of skits in it, just play it as if like you're listening to the record at home, um, play some new songs. And also we're going to debut the new video for the new song. Vengeance is not enough. Um, so whoever comes down is going to get to see that video before it comes out, uh, the following week. So it's just, it's just jam packed with gimmicks, you know? Yeah. I, I love that. You, you mentioned, uh, my favorite artist is Alice Cooper. So, I mean, the dude is, the dude is just awesome. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, all that sounds really awesome. I love shows. I've only been to a few shows where like a band plays their entire album uh, in its entirety. Uh, I always think that's really cool, like for kind of like one-off shows or specialty tours or stuff. Yes. I always think it's a really cool idea. I think so too, you know, and I think it's kind of an ambitious move of us because, you know, we're, we're still, I would still say we're very much a hidden gem. We're kind of, we're still very underground. We have a, I would say we have a small cult following, um, you know, bands of our level sometimes wouldn't do that. In fact, there, it's funny because there's, there's actually a lot of bands that you would say are bigger than us bands that are on, you know, bigger tours or do a lot of festival runs that don't headline and probably never would play like their, their first record in its entirety. So I said, well, we're going to break those rules and we're going to do that. Um, and being that it's a, it's a, it's a fun record with a story and, and skits. I just thought, why don't we do that? I mean, granted, we've been playing a lot of those songs for the last, you know, three, four years now, but we've never done it um, in that, type of arrangement so um i'm excited to do it and it might be the only time we do it um i'm kind of ready to move on to the next era of Korazik. so this is kind of going to be a uh, kind of a send-off you know for vengeance overdrive um you know if the pandemic hadn't happened we probably would have put out our second record by now i never intended to have a four-year gap between releasing new music um but uh 2020 really messed everything up for a lot of bands you know uh, especially smaller bands like us, you know, who may not, may not have the million dollar budget. Um, and I just didn't really want to, uh, release new music during a pandemic. I, I, I felt like doing that's kind of a, a 50, 50, you know, there's, there is kind of that mentality of like, Oh, well, people are home, you know, people want to be entertained, you know, they need something to take their mind off stuff. And in a way that would be a reason to do it. But I also felt at least for me personally, I only listened to so much new music during that time period. I, I kind of just was listening to the classics and was just in my own little world. And I wasn't really as in tune to what was fresh or new to me. It was almost like new music didn't count uh, as much, you know, like Alice put out a new record, Manson put out a new record and it's not that I didn't listen to them, but I, I didn't have the same kind of, um, enthusiasm going into listening though. I was just kind of like, Oh yeah, that's cool. You know, I don't know. I just kind of was like, okay, whatever, you know? Yeah. It's, it is kind of interesting for like last year. Um, Cause to me, like heavy new music means going back out on tour. Like, Hey, we yeah. have new songs. We want to perform live and you can buy this album. And right. It. Uh, so I can, I can definitely see where, where you're going with that. I, as you said, like, I mean, I love the new Alice Cooper album, Detroit stories. I mean, I, 
it was to me it was awesome it was just it was yeah. classic rock not too much Very. theatrics it was more like straightforward rock and roll um, yeah a little bit different for alice absolutely well you know he, he goes through phases i'm I'm really looking forward to when the next record comes out because he's finally doing it with the band that he's had all these years, obviously with oh, really? Ryan Roxy and Nita and everybody like that. So I'm hoping stylistically that that record's a little bit more mixed and maybe a little heavier, you know, because as we all know, Nita obviously can shred it, of course, you know. So I'm uh, I'm hoping there's a little bit of that raise your fist and yell, maybe just a little bit in there somewhere, you know, can only hope, you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I honestly I think Constrictor and Razor Fist and Yellow are like two very underrated Alice Cooper albums. Yes. Kind of flew under the radar. I know that was kind of his comeback from you know uh, making music he doesn't remember. To, yes. To releasing some like really it was hard hitting. It was really different for like you know obviously Flush the Fashion the last album he remembers the three the three doesn't I don't count I don't listen to them. It's not you don't either. no why not it's, those records are great. <laughs> <laughs> that's what people tell me i to me if he doesn't remember making it it's not like i'm gonna see the the songs live or anything you know what you know what it is they're, they're um those records are very quirky um there there there's a novelty aspect to them um there's definitely a, a a strange sense of humor on those records uh which again alice has always had that um i like diving into those records because it kind of takes you to this kind of forgotten era you know and and um and there there there's kind of this weird um relation to some of the stuff he did in the early 80s to like blue oyster cult there's a there's a bit of that weirdness there too and i've become a huge fan of i'm a late boc fan but i'm a huge boc fan now um so it's just kind of interesting to see like the styles and the way that the records were recorded um no i i actually really like the blackout era i mean i'm a weird fan i probably listen more to that stuff than some of the classic 70s but I, i'm just a i'm just a weird fan like that i i i get off at bands having those kind of like weird uh those weird uh you know albums in their discography i i i i find those kind of interesting to clarify i have listened <laughs> yeah that, that's beans Rosic. All, all our hardcore fans know who she is she always, she's she's more of an attention hog than I am. <laughs> See, my my cat is currently sleeping upstairs, so she uh, she doesn't like when I when I do anything. She like stays far away from me. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've listened to them at least once the albums, but I don't know. It just maybe it's a little bit too weird for my taste. Okay, uh, for this sure. stuff, but. Obviously, like I really liked uh, Constrictor and Razorfish Neil, and then obviously through the two thousands, Brutal Planet's one of my favorite, actually. Yes. Uh, I don't think it's a whole a whole lot of love, even though he does. Um, he plays he played Brutal Planet for I believe his last tour, two tours ago, whenever yep. I saw him, which was awesome. It, that's honestly a really great opening song. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I I'm very much influenced uh, by that era. And I was lucky enough to see him twice on the Dragon Town tour, and uh, that tour holds a very special place in my heart because my unfortunately my father passed away uh, at, at a young age, uh, but my dad used to always take me to the concerts, and that was like one of the uh, last concerts. And uh, when I when I got to meet Alice, uh, which was you know need to hook that up for me, which was really cool. Um, I kind of got to tell him kind of my backstory of my father and kind of the the irony of the day that my dad passed you know many years later i saw him uh you know with nita and only to then 
crazy, crazingly a year later, get the tour with Nita and then get to go on stage with Nita and sing. I'm 18. And, uh, you know, when I got to do that, I just kept looking up. I'm like, you know, I know, I know my dad would be proud and then he was, you know, he's watching me. So that was, and it was cool. Like I, when I met Alice, I kind of wanted to sell him on the core as a character, but I didn't do that. We, we really just talked about life and family. It was, it was, it was really cool. Yeah, definitely. And I, I've heard he's, he's a really cool guy to talk to that he doesn't, uh, he doesn't talk about music, but like very, like we're just having a conversation. It's usually about, uh, just different stuff that's not even, uh, music related. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt very comfortable with him. I felt like I was talking to like my grandpa or something like that. You know, it's, uh, it was, um, I, I came out of it very quiet. People expected me to be like, Oh my God. You know, I was just very like, just like, okay. You know, I, I had that experience, you know, um, I haven't been starstruck too many times. I've had the pleasure of meeting a lot of my uh, peers and my idols. Um, I guess I was a little starstruck. I was a little nervous, but I, I, I kept my cool, <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I haven't met him. I do. I, I'd love to meet him at some point. Hopefully I get the chance. Uh, I, I'd like to go golfing with him sometime. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You beat me. I'm, I'm not super great, uh, but I'm better than what I was. So I feel like he would still beat me. <laughs> I've I've never played golf, but I think that would be a good excuse to 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 do it. You know, definitely for sure. Uh, but yeah, Alice Cooper's awesome. I've seen them uh, coming up uh, in January in Wabash, Indiana, of all places. So mm-hmm. I, I look forward to that. Plus, I'm seeing Nita uh, two you know, just over two weeks, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, no, uh, you know, hopefully at some point, if if it's in the cards, maybe we'll we'll eventually do something again with with that camp. That uh, Nita's camp is great. It's, it's an extension of the Alice Cooper camp, and uh, you know, getting the tour with them was was really uh, a great learning experience, and it was kind of a blessing because we we've done tours with other people that didn't treat us that well. Um, to the point of having PTSD, really, uh, you know, and I think me just being Korazic, the bastard child in New York City, I'm just used to people not really being like that nice or embracing me or or seeing me as kind of like a threat or something. Um, and, you know, they were always like, yo, like, come to the movies with us on an off day. Let's throw the football around in the parking lot. You know, it was kind of um, I think I think she got that from how Alice Cooper, you know, treats his camp. That was uh, th- it was really nice. It, it was it was it was very welcoming. It was it was great. I, I bet definitely for sure. I, I I've heard a lot of great things about uh, obviously Nita and Alice Cooper the way they treat people and stuff. Uh, and I think it's really refreshing for uh, you know obviously for some tours I've heard uh, not so great things about bands, but definitely they really live up yeah. to it like, on stage and off the stage as well. For sure, yeah. But uh, getting back to love chat about Alice Cooper and Nita Strauss, which is awesome. Uh, but get back to you. So I know you got some great stuff coming up, not only a headlining show coming up Friday, but you're dropping a brand new single on December 6th entitled Vengeance is Not Enough. Uh, what can people expect from this single? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny. The, the first record was called Vengeance Overdrive. And at some point down the line, I thought it would be kind of funny if there was something that kind of had a nod to the first record and I just thought, you know, vengeance is not enough. It, it it sounds like the the name of like a James Bond sequel or something. You know, Korazic and vengeance is not enough. You, you, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of like what, what what's like a, a cliche James Bond title. You know, like evil never dies or you know something like that. So I thought it was a cool uh, title, and I kind of said it kind of jokingly, and then it it just kind of turned into a song. 
Um, I think what people can expect from that song is it, it's got that same kind of, you know, Korazic metal edge, very abrasive, very in your face, uh, you know, with the usual kind of quirky lyrics and, you know, a very catchy sing along chorus. Um, but it, it, it's funny. I, I think this song and a lot of the other stuff we're going to be doing moving forward, you know, this sounds strange to say this. I think a lot of stuff we're doing moving forward is going to be heavier in one way, but then actually more catchier than, than, than the first record. It's kind of a mix. Um, it's a, the song's a different kind of heavy, um, you know, uh, they're, they're, the riffs are somewhat of a nod to like say spellbound, which was a song on the first record that was very open, open note kind of driving. It's got that kind of verse to it. Um, the song is kind of a nod to where we've been. So I feel like vengeance is not enough. It's kind of like that, slight progression but also kind of closing the chapter it's kind of like that middle it's kind of like that bridge between vengeance overdrive and what basically then the next record will be uh whenever that record comes out i think at this point we're just going to do a couple of singles and then just kind of see where we're at um because we're we're not we're officially not signed to cleopatra records right now we're kind of independent um, as a lot of artists are. So, um, you know, we'll kind of see what's in the cards. I definitely want to eventually release another full length concept record, but for now we're going to do the modern thing and just kind of put out a couple of singles and see where it goes. Cause for a band like us, you know, we, we built up a small cult following, but you know, the, the pandemic really, really kicked our ass, you know, a band like us, it sounds cliche, but we were probably one or two more tours away from getting that next level of fans and really, you know, solidifying something. And that just kind of wiped us out almost, you know, in fact, there's a lot of bands of our level that, that probably called it quits during this. You know, I, I actually thought at one point that maybe we were going to be done, you know, that maybe I would just uh, move to the woods, even though I pretty much am living in the woods, but just that between all of the things that, uh, you know, the band just wouldn't get it together. And for the first uh, half of 2020, it was like pulling teeth. You know, everybody was in kind of COVID mode where like nobody wanted to do anything. And I was really still trying to stay positive and push people. And then it was so funny. I remember just as we were about to do our first return show in New York City uh, this year in August, I felt so exhausted because I'd been pushing all this time just to finally do something. And now I'm finally about to do something. And I'm like, I don't know if I have any more energy now. I've been pushing through this freaking pandemic to like make something happen. And we're, and we're still scratching, you know, the industry is, the industry was always tough, but I think for certain bands trying to like get that next step now through the pandemic, it's, it, it, it's hard because everyone's gunning for that spot. And there's the usual politics uh, with money and whatnot uh, with the business to get, to get to where you want to be. So, um, but it's been a blessing. We've done a handful of shows this year and they've all been well-received and uh, the fans have still come out and buying our merch and all that. So um even though I had my feelings about releasing new music during the pandemic, I said, you know, literally uh, enough's enough. We, we gotta, we gotta put something out to at least wrap up this year and say, Hey, like we're back. We are doing stuff. We're not still dormant or whatever, you know? So I said, let, let, let's put this out at the end of the year and write it into next year and see, see where it takes us. Yeah. I really like that approach, especially, I mean, 2020, it was, it was hard on everybody. Uh, like a lot of bands, uh, unfortunately, like started pretty much ground zero with stuff. Like they had stuff going, you had momentum, and then not doing anything for almost two years. I mean, it hurt. It hurts everybody. Uh, oh yeah. The uh, not only musicians and bands, but uh, you know the venues too. Like I know quite a few venues unfortunately had to close down and yeah. may not reopen or have to you know sell and reopen under someone someone else. But right, you know, it, it was rough for the whole music and entertainment industry. 
No, it was. I mean, uh, Blackthorn and Queens, that was kind of um, that was like our home, you know, as far as as New York City went. I'm I'm from Queens and that was kind of like our hometown spot. And, um, you know, the owner, Nikki, would always let me kind of do my, you know, my little give thanks or die holiday shows, and my core fest and he re- really give us an, uh, an outlet to be that headlining band, you know. So, um, yeah. And they had to close their doors. And when I. I actually thought because it, it was Queens, the rent's cheaper than Manhattan. I thought they might be the ones to kind of uh, stick it out, but no, they, they closed. And when I saw that, I was like, all right, well, that's it, man. Like, you know, this is really uh, for real. This is, uh, this is not good. Um, and it was tough. I mean, I remember, I, I mean, it's all, I'll be honest. It's like, it's all a blur now. I don't even remember when we resumed rehearsing, but I remember when we first started rehearsing, man, like it was rough. You know, uh, we uh, we weren't sounding that good. Um, some of the guys in my band kind of had attitudes. They were just kind of like, this sucks. You know, that's not it's not sounding good. It's not working. And I was like, guys, like it's going to take some work to get back to where we were and better, you know, like after not doing it for so long. You know, um, I remember some of those earlier uh, rehearsals, uh, you know, even though my voice was fresh from not being on the road, there would be certain types of notes or mannerisms the way I would do my singing that wasn't quite quite there yet because like it's like a muscle you just you have you know i've been recording stuff at home but like really belting it out in a live setting we hadn't done that so even for me i was like oh man like do i do am i still capable of doing this and um i think only in the last two shows i've really gotten comfortable and found my stride again i think even some of those first couple shows even though people said they were good um i felt kind of stiff you know about how i was moving on stage and stuff it's just like kind of getting back into it you know um it's been it's been tough you know it really has yeah i can imagine especially like not being like doing stuff like almost on a regular basis you get pretty much you know you have your nature of just like this is what i do i'm not even thinking about it and then taking a, a long period uh of time and then now trying to get back like you don't remember you know the, the muscle memory as you said it's gone it's not there uh, you have to relearn everything. Like I took a, I took a week break from like recording my show and doing my stuff. And I'm like, how do I set this up? What do I do? And I'm like, I sh- it shouldn't be this hard. Right. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's been a while. And, and, and it's funny. I, I think everyone's experienced this with COVID just in life. It could be anything it could be the most basic thing. Um, you know, unless you're like a hardcore athlete or whatever, it's like, you know, something as simple as going to the gym or, um, even doing a show, you know, uh, I mean, we used to go on tours, we used to do all these things. And then it's like, you just go to one concert and you're standing for like an hour and you're like, Oh, I feel tired, man. Like this is so stressful just getting to the show and doing it. Whereas before you, you, you know, you never, you didn't think about it. You know, we, 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 we used to joke, we used to do these like crackhead runs where like, you know, we'd be uh, in San Antonio, Texas on a Thursday and have to be back in New York on, on a Saturday to play a show upstate somewhere. And it's like, how did we do all that shit like a couple of years ago? It's like now it's like if we had to do that now, it almost be like, oh, man, I don't I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> you know, it's like we got so accustomed to just being home doing nothing, you know, so. Um, building that stamina up is, yeah, it's, it's a thing. I don't think as, us as a society, a society has, have really had to, exp- I mean, I guess in the olden days, like in the ice ages or the plagues or whatever, you know, like maybe that was a normal thing. Hey, you know, every 10 years is a, fa- a famine or something. You're going to have to lock it down for a year, you know, but we're, we're, we're so not used to doing stuff like that. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, losing my voice there. All right. 
Um, but yeah, no, people weren't used to the all the different uh, things that weren't happening anymore. That were used to used to being out. Like I went to one of my first standing shows. Uh, like since like stuff was opening up, and I'm like, why 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 do my knees hurt? Like <laughs> this shouldn't be an issue, right? Uh, with stuff, but yeah, dude, I totally feel it with that stuff. Uh, and I'm just starting to get back to the swing of, oh yeah, I can stand for four hours. That's not a problem. <laughs> No, yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a process and, you know, COVID's still a thing. And uh, even though, you know, sometimes it seems like it's not, you know, before you know it, there's, again, not to get political, but the news definitely likes to, you know, freak us out and scare us and everything, you know, so we don't really know what next year is holding. I'm hoping next year is going to be better. Uh, but, but we don't know. I mean, there's tours being booked. There's also a lot of tours being postponed still. Um, and we're just trying to find our, our, our place and figure out what's best. You know, can we, can we go on a big tour and open up for somebody or do we need to go completely DIY and just be very selective of which markets we go to and just make sure that we have fans in that general area with some strong support. And, you know, like, uh, we, you know, we, we definitely have offers to come back to Fort Wayne, Indiana, you know, and, uh, play at the rockstar lounge. I know Alan, that's like his new venture. So, you know, that's something that we can do. We have a lot of fans in Cincinnati. There's a variety of smaller clubs we could play there. So, you know, we're also trying to figure out what what's what's the most feasible, what's 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 the most uh productive route. Because, you know, you can go on a big tour, but if it's not the right band to support, you're not gonna necessarily convert fans, you may not make money in merch. You know, it's 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 a lot of strategy. Um Opening up for bigger bands are good because you can expand your fan base, which is what we want. We want to get to the next level of doing bigger fans. But if you do it smart, if you do have a small fan base like we do, you might be able to do some smaller but still good business where you can still turn some sort of a profit and at least keep the brand out there. So uh, we're still trying to figure out what's going to be the right way to go next year. But either way, we, we have to tour and uh, we have to keep putting out new music. So. Yeah, for sure. And I know right now it seems like, I mean, with all the, the news and stuff, I'm, I won't get into everything. People, if they watch news, they know uh, with everything, it's kind of day by day right now. At least I feel like it for, for stuff. And I do hope we get some clear direction, you know, at the beginning of next year and just see what happens. I, you know, either way sounds like it would probably be both feasible for you. Uh, we'll just, yeah, obviously have to see what happens. I know I was supposed to see you, I think it was summer of 2020. Uh, Alan set up a show at the, uh, the yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because it was it was funny, man. Like, I, I listen. I took COVID very seriously, and I, I mean that that's also why. Like, uh, and I was fortunate enough that I do have a home here in Pennsylvania. That during the whole like my zip code in New York was a hot spot. I got, I was lucky and fortunate. I got out of Dodge, and you know I didn't I didn't go back to New York for about three or four months. And pretty much now, since then, I've just done the back and forth and I, you know, I come down to New York for some business and to see the band and stuff, but I've definitely been uh, enjoying my time here um, in Pennsylvania. We've been doing a lot of shows here in Pennsylvania, which is, which is funny because we've, uh, we used to always not play PA for some reason. So it's been kind of cool to like uh, build up these markets. Um, I'm rambling. I forgot what the heck the point I was going to make. Despite all that, uh, I still kind of wanted to make a statement and I was kind of like, yo, fuck COVID. Like if no one else is going to freaking play during the <laughs> pandemic, Korazic is, and we really tried. I mean, we, we had a, we had a show in Cincinnati that got like rescheduled like three times and then it just never happened. And, um, 
And yeah, that, that Angola show just, that was one of them. It just, it just never happened, unfortunately. Cause I was at this point now, I was like, well, listen, if, if this is the only place in the country that's going to be open, that'll book us like, you know, screw it. I'll do a one-off just, just to say that we, we did it, that we played something, but you know, it just, it just wasn't in the cards. And, and that was frustrating for me because I kept pushing. I, I, you know, it's not that I don't respect, you know, the health of people or anything like that, but I was also kind of like, yo man, like, this is my life, man. Like I got to do something like I'm, I'm done. Like, <laughs> you know, if, if New York is shut down, that's fine. But if, if something's open and it seems safe, you know, whatever, like, let's just do it. So, but no, unfortunately we only, we, we only had one show in 2020 and we've been fortunate enough to do a handful of shows this year. So um, it's still progress. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take uh, what you can from it. I know, obviously, uh, last year was really rough for everything, but yeah, to the point, like uh, doing shows and tours and stuff. That's how you earn a living with stuff. And uh, to not do that, I mean, it's gotta be incredible. It was incredibly rough last year. It's tough. I mean, you know, it's it's. Uh, and again, we don't make a million dollars being Korazic, unfortunately, not yet, anyways. But. Uh, money aside, it, it, it's also for the soul, man. I mean, like this is, this is my purpose, you know, it's like, yeah, sure. I could just say, screw it. I'm going to like live in the woods and I'll just, I don't know, like I'll go work at Walmart and just like chill. And there's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, for a lot of people, you know, a very simple life, family, whatever is cool, but that's not like the route I picked, you know what I mean? So, so for me, it's kind of like, I, I don't feel, um, satisfied or accomplished, you know, and I naturally feel that way regardless. I think that's just an artist thing. Um, so yeah, being stuck at home was just like, like I'm, I'm dying over here, <laughs> you, you know, you know, um, COVID has been very serious. Listen, it made a lot of people sick and, and a lot of our loved ones did die from it, you know, but, and I don't, I, I don't want to say that this, it's a joke. It's not a joke, but, uh, you know, for some of us, I think the, uh, the mental, um, effects of it has almost been worse than the physical effects. You know, if you didn't get deathly sick of COVID, you probably are still suffering from anxiety and depression and, and, uh, you know, cabin fever and all that other stuff. So, um, I definitely experienced all of that. I mean, it's just, it, it messes with your psyche. Like, you, you know, as humans, we're supposed to, uh, connect and communicate and interact and, and do stuff. So, and, uh, you know, as much as I'm very much a big character on stage, I am kind of a, of, of an introvert, I think. Um, and, uh, I can be a homebody from time to time, but I've always justified that. Well, my, my social outing is me being Korazic and going on stage and hanging out with the fans and doing that. That's my time to be social, you know? So I'm like, well, if I'm not having that, then what the hell am I doing? You know? Uh, so it, it's, it's, it's been tough for me, but I, I, you know, despite that, I, I've still been, you know, very fortunate that, um, that I, I, you know, I didn't get, I did have, I did have COVID, but I wasn't, I didn't get like deathly ill from it or anything like that, luckily. So I'm still very, very, very fortunate. You know, I can't complain, you know, but it's, it's been tough. You know, sorry to hear you had COVID. Glad uh, you didn't have any of the severe symptoms. I'm very glad to hear that. But no, you know, COVID, it, it is not, it, it's not a joke. It was, you know, taken very seriously by many people in the music and entertainment business. There's still, you know, obviously I know some safe uh, concerts that happen, social distancing, all that stuff. Yeah. I'm glad people were able to find a way around it, but it's also like the, just the, the physical interaction with people to actually see their reaction when you're, when uh, you're on stage playing their music, yes. interacting with your music. I think that's a very big part uh, for a musician. 
Absolutely. And it was, it was, it was great to come back and, and, and be able to, to do that. And even, and even during the pandemic, I, I, I was nuts. I traveled far. I would travel four or five hours to go to any, any eighties metal show that was open. And, and, and a lot of them were like outdoor things, you know, with wineries and things like that. Uh, I went to see Blue Oyster Cult in Pittsburgh on a cold October night. You know, you can't get any better than that. But, you know, hey, we were outdoors, you know, in the air, you know, and it was it was fine. It was great. You know, it sounds really cool to uh, uh, experience uh, really cold weather with Blue Oyster Cult. Uh, were you able to see your breath? Was it that cold? Yeah, no, it was. It was a it was a really cold October night. And of course, they always close out with Don't Fear the Reaper. So it was very, very atmospheric and. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and it was great, but, you know, um, but no, we are we're still scraping along, you know, the industry is tough. Um, but I, I have to say that we're, we're still in an interesting spot that we were able to, to get booked and do the shows that we did do this year. And to find out that really a lot of our fans didn't go away, um, and that there were new fans, uh, you know, happy to become our fans, you know, and, um, and that's why it's really cool. You know, we're doing the show December 3rd, this Friday, uh, whoever comes down, like I said, will get to see the uh, video for the first time before everybody else. And then Monday, December 6th, it's officially on YouTube. So just look up Korazic. You'll see the new video, share it with everybody. And then officially on Friday, December 10th, um, the the actual audio single for Vengeance and Not Enough will be available on all streaming iTunes, you know, Spotify, the works, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an exciting uh, time because we just – we haven't really put out anything really new in a long time. And uh, I apologize to the fans for that. You know, it was really just circumstantial. Um, it, it, we were supposed to record a record in 2020 uh, with Cleopatra Records. It was going to be a, a whole big next level thing. And then the pandemic just kind of washed that out. And, you know, we're just kind of went our separate ways for now anyways. And just kind of restarting, you know. But um, but we're still here, man. We're, we're definitely ready to grow. I'm ready to kill it. For sure, and uh, that was kind of a good segue for me because I was gonna—I wanted to talk about the the new music video real quick as I wrap up yeah. the interview. I know we, we talked about a lot of different stuff, um, uh, but uh, the music video. So, um, can you give me a bit? What's kind of the 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 theme, the hints? What, what what's kind of the stuff? Uh, yeah, so I talk about. I think what's cool about a lot of Korazic songs, the theatrical like storylines, and. Uh, you know, I could say what it's about, but like people could also make their own like stories within it, I think. Um, but yeah, it's vengeance is not enough. It's, it, it's, it's, it's vengeance. It's revenge. Uh, but, but basically the, the layman's idea without getting too technical is there, there's a, there's a bad guy and I'm coming to get my, you know, get my revenge, get my vengeance and, uh, get my money. Um, so there, there's a briefcase involved. Um, but it's this power struggle. You know, I, I, like I said, going back to kind of jokingly, I kind of wanted the video. Sierra, one of our big, most popular videos was Mistress. And that was kind of like a, a, that was kind of my homage to like classic John Carpenter, like horror, Halloween, you know, it was gothic and there really was no blood. It was all in the shadows type of a thing. With this video, this video is kind of like our, um, Reservoir Dogs, um, you, you know, uh, James Bond, if you will. I'm kind of this like poor man's like action hero. I'm like, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm like Tom Cruise or some shit, you know, <laughs> like uh, bas basically, you know, speeding down the freeway and infiltrating this bad guy's lair. And I basically have to go through 
uh, a series of bad guys to get uh, to the main boss to get get that suitcase full of money. And uh, the chorus is revenge. Give me all your money, you know. Um, so that is very much uh, in the video. And I'm also now live when you see us play the song live, that whole gimmick uh, of the outfit and the briefcase, that whole imagery is very much in um, in, in the performance. Um, but it was a fun shoot. Uh, it was directed by Tom Flynn, who's uh, based out of New York. And um, he's done so many great art. He does all the Lamb of God videos. Um, you know, he's very, very well, well acclaimed. So it was a pleasure to work with him. Uh, but it was an intense shoot. It was a one day shoot. Um, and basically for six hours, I'm just getting my ass kicked. Like I'm, I, it was, it was a very, it was a very physical, um, uh, you know, shoot. Uh, I'm a big wrestling fan and, uh, I, I had done some, some wrestling in the past. Um, and my, uh, my old guitar player, Carlo, who had been in the band before the band really broke out. Um, I helped help, I helped break him into the business. He's now known as Carlo vice, and he's kind of he's kind of a Korazic ripoff, but but he's got like the rock star uh, gimmick. He comes out with the guitar. Um, he's actually coming out now. To Vengeance is not enough as his theme song. So so Carlo is in it, and we actually do like a full wrestling, um, you know, a full wrestling uh, match, if you will, in it. Um, there's a martial arts guy. You know, there, there's there's a lot of little nods to like certain things. We'll see if people kind of get the jokes or not. Um, but it, it's fun, you know, it's not, it's, it, it's badass, but it's also not meant to be taken too, too seriously, you know? Um, but I, I, I always seem to sometimes write these songs. I thought on the first record, can't stop, won't stop was kind of like a wrestling pay-per-view theme. And I think the song's got kind of that wrestling kind of vibe to it. Um, you know, and I've, I've been very fortunate enough to, to, uh, get to hang out with a lot of W superstars. You know, I, I'm good friends with Ron Killings, our truth, um, I actually just spoke to him yesterday. I'm, I'm trying to help him get a videographer to do something, uh, tomorrow, actually he's getting interviewed by Sam Roberts. Um, so, you know, we keep, so we keep in touch and stuff. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm inspired by, you know, not just music, but also wrestling and other forms of entertainment. So it's always cool when we can kind of incorporate that into it. So I, I think, I think this video is going to be, um, I'm hoping people are really going to like it. I, I think it's a, I think the video is a lot of fun. I love everything what you just said. I really look forward to seeing the new music video. Obviously, if you're uh, in Baltimore, uh, you get to see it before it's released, or you can check it out December 10th as well when it's officially released. But yep. I love it. I'm a huge wrestling fan as well, so I'm curious how everything's going to work out with everything. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really interested now to see uh, everything. But uh, did you do your own stunts, like Tom? Oh Green? yeah, no, uh, yeah, I know, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it, it was great. You know, like I said, it it's funny, man. You know, it's like I'm a singer, but in many ways, I'm kind of like a uh, I'm a failed stand-up comic, and I'm like a failed wrestler. You know, and I think that happens with a lot of people in entertainment. You know, we all kind of wish we were like you know something else. And, 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 um, I've always been a wrestling fan since I was a kid, you know, I had done some backyard wrestling when I was younger, I had done a little bit of training. Um, and obviously I've had the pleasure of being around people like our truth. So, um, but you know, I think wrestlers and musicians, um, 
there, there's a little bit of a, of a bond there. We kind of, I mean, they get paid a lot more money than I do, but, but, uh, but, you know, it's that same kind of like, you know, grinding, you know, road dog kind of thing. You know, they, I think we kind of understand that, that hustle, you know, um, and because I never really was able to pursue wrestling for a variety of reasons, I'm just not, I'm just not that coordinated. And I, I, I hurt my neck and my knees at an early age with that. So, um, but anytime I can like at least pretend, you know, and, and get to do something physical on camera, I'm all about it. You know, like I said, if I could just be like a poor man's Tom Cruise or something, you know, it's, it's great. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. And obviously, you know, getting to work with my brother Carlo on a wrestling, uh, you know, uh, scene was great. Cause you know, he, he's really doing well in the independent scene now. Um, so it was like fun to work with him basically, you know, um, at least get to be that for a little bit, just sort of, you know, it was, it was cool. All of that sounds really awesome. Especially get to work with some, you know, some really cool people to do other things. It's not, you know, it's music related, but not necessarily music related, obviously right. you're, you're, you're uh, coordinating a fight and, you know, hopefully not actually hurting each other a little bit. Right. <laughs> Well, that was so. That was so funny about it because when I started talking to Tom about what I wanted to do, you know, Tom was like, "Well, you know, I've done some stuff in the in the past, and you know, like in the movies, you know, the way they like pull the punch, they really don't make any uh, impact." And I was like, "No, no, no! Like, we're really gonna like we didn't like we didn't like beat the crap at each other like for real, but we made impact. You know, like I I made sure it looked as." as 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 vicious as as possible you know hitting in the head and the hair flipping back and even with the martial arts guy i was like no i was like make contact give me that push kick push me into the wall you know do it um and it's funny because as good as the video looks i don't i don't think all the beatings i took really did it justice you know when you watch it back it's kind of like it happens so quick it's like but i i i was i was i was good and sore after that shoot it was great <laughs> <laughs> that means that was a great music video <laughs> uh but yeah definitely all sounds really cool definitely check it out december 10th Benj is not enough official official music video drops but it sounds like you're a real great time filming it i'm i'm really excited to actually now see it and i'm just interviewing you and haven't yeah. seen anything yet and i'm already excited yeah and i think it's good because it it kind of sets the bar for like what what could this band possibly do in the future? I think what's really cool about it is that we went a really different route with this video. You know, uh, in Mistress, the band's playing in the dungeon and there's me and the Mistress and the victim. So there was some AB, you know, storyline band playing. Uh, this video is like straight movie. Like, like the band are dressed up as different characters and we're just fighting it out. And, you know, we're just we're in this alternate universe not necessarily being us as the band we're just like characters and um i kind of took that as a nod to like you know bands like romstein or like the foo fighters where sometimes they'll do a video where like they're just these wacky characters they may or may not be playing instruments even um and i think sometimes those videos can be a little bit more uh interesting um and i always saw the Coraza character myself as kind of cinematic, you know? So um, it's not that we'll never do a video, a video again of us, like being a rock band, you know, rock stars, you know, playing, but at least this opens it up to like, well, we, we can do anything. We could be violent. We could be silly, you know, we can do whatever we want, you know? So I, I think it's exciting for that reason also. 
I think it's really cool to like you know kind of mesh uh, different styles to like to make you know you have the classic music videos where we're playing and you know stuff is happening around us but the band's still visible still like playing music or you got like the one I don't know if you saw Run by the Foo Fighters yeah. where they're breaking yeah, they're like all the time is great just of how goofy that is and they like all jump into a Prius or something yeah uh, just some goofy like that to really like it, it's memorable like I remember that I think that was like a couple years ago three yes. four years ago something like that. And it's still memorable. Like you knew instantly what I was talking about, and I think that's always cool. It's something memorable to like to really leave an impression with somebody. And it's also like the cinematic wrestling matches where, like, I know people were really divided when they when Matt Hardy started really doing stuff like that. Those were genius. I loved them. I know people were really like, oh, it's not true wrestling. It's not in you know, it's not with the a re- uh, audience. I, I mean that 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 started a trend. I mean, Matt did it uh, in TNA. He did it in WWE. Um, Bray Wyatt obviously started, you know, kind of doing it. Um, I mean, even in AEW, they did it with Sting. Um, and they obviously yeah, did it. And one of under, and I think best matches, you know, with AJ Styles. And I think it's great because it, it, it does a different tone. Um, and also for some of the older wrestlers, you know, uh, they're kind of able to pull it off a little bit because you can, you can, you can do cuts and you can, you know, you can tweak stuff. Um, I think it's cool. You know, I think it has its place. I don't think it's a bad thing, you know? Well, I, I love it. The bar- Boneyard match with uh, Undertaker and AJ Styles, one of my favorite matches. And I think it was, it was cool to, you know, for a good way Undertaker end with a really great match like that. I know it wasn't in front of a crowd with, you know, actual people. Right. But I think it was really, it was just that whole storyline with everything I thought was really well done, especially for throwing Gals and Anderson off the roof was one of my favorite moments. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, anyway, so, uh, but yes, definitely. News video drops December 10th, uh, but uh, anyone curious, where are the best places to find uh, Korazic online? Pretty much anywhere. If you just look up Korazic, K-O-R-E-R-O-Z-Z-I-K, I mean, you can find us anywhere, youtube.com slash Korazic, twitter.com slash Korazic, instagram.com slash Korazic, Facebook.com slash Korazic NYC. And there's also Korazic.com. And obviously we're on Spotify. Um, apparently a lot of our fans are using um, Apple Music. I didn't realize that was so much a thing. I don't know if Apple Music is different than iTunes. I don't know. I'm kind of old school. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, we're, we're on all the major streaming outlets, iHeartRadio, all that stuff. I'm definitely leave some links in the description. Uh, if anyone's in the Baltimore era or they want to take a drive, He'll be there, Zen West, Friday. Huge headlining show playing uh, Avengers Overdrive in its entirety with some fun stuff as well. Make yep. sure to check them out. Uh, but, Cora, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I had a real great time chatting with Likewise, you. Likewise, man. Thank you. Cora, I went a little bit over time, but I honestly, I really enjoyed chatting with you uh, about a, a bunch of different stuff, not only music, but some also fun stuff as well. For sure, man. So for Razak, Cora Razak of Cora Razak. <laughs> <laughs> did not have a good lead-in with that. That's okay. <laughs> For Cor Roslick, the man himself, I am your host as always, Matthew Thomas. This has been Super Cool Radio. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Stay frosty. Player.